Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a... Oh, you got to deal with music. that music. There's the music. Uh, it'll be over soon yeah. enough. Oh, no, it's great. I just got to <laughs> I gotta get comfortable with it, just like my bad hair. <laughs> hey oh, there, we, everybody. Oh, we weren't going to mention hair, Marshall. Uh, when you do the things, you don't mention it. Oh, is that how it goes? Welcome to a very special Friday afternoon edition of the Bad Hair Day podcast. I'm Marshall Kirkpatrick. With me is my wonderful co-host, Dave Weiner, and hey, a Marshall. very special guest, Anil Dash. Hello. Thanks a bunch for joining us, Anil. Oh my Thanks gosh. for having me on. This is exciting. Oh, yeah. We're, it's a pleasure. We, we were just saying that we had never... Never yeah, this is before. one of those moments where. <laughs> Go ahead. Sorry. Now we'll get to now we'll get to speak twice. Uh, we're gonna. Uh, yeah, Please don't let me interrupt, be... Marshall. It's relaying okay. your message in real time. Mm-hmm. That's wonderful. Yeah, if you call well, that issues real time. Like issues like this, near real time. Uh, I guess some people like to say, and perhaps that's why. So, Neil Dash is. Are you still the vice president of evangelism at Six Part, Neil? Yeah. Is that your title? Yep. Awesome. Well, um, I am curious, uh, I, I would be surprised if you're willing to tell us in, in all that much detail uh, what the connection between uh, that and the, the grand vision you so well articulated in your personal blog a while ago is, but you just wrote a big blog post last week that I imagine lots of listeners have read all about the push-button web mm-hmm. and uh, real-time delivery of, of information works well in conjunction with a, a project Dave just announced called RSS Cloud. Mm-hmm. And uh, maybe you can tell us a little bit about that article. Sure. Um, uh, I think the first thing I would say is uh, uh, there's there's no secret to it. I wrote about it because we're interested at, at, about it at Six Apart. So, I mean, and, and as much as a disclaimer as there is one, uh, I work for the company and they're working with the tech. And uh, so there's a nice coincidence between my interest in it and the fact that it's uh, my day job. But... Um, uh, that's that's pretty much as far as disclaimers go. It's just an interesting space to me. So the the, the post that I wrote or the article that I wrote um, was uh, really trying to describe what I, I think is interesting in that a number of the people that, to my mind, make the social web go, that invent the things that make it work, uh, are all looking at the same space. And it really feels like it's been four or five, maybe arguably ten years since that was true. Um, uh, you know, since the... The feed wars a decade ago, um, there hasn't been something that everybody is kind of hacking on at the same time. And what that's been is obviously, you know, I, I think, uh, Dave, you've been out front with, with RSS Cloud, and that traces its roots back to, you know, the original RSS work, um, you know, in the .9 days and in the 2.0 days of having the cloud element. Um, but one of the aspects that I think it was always in the spec and kind of had been latent until relatively recently um, was that that cloud work, and then um, uh, on the other hand, uh, Brad Fitzpatrick, who I've known well when he was working at Six Apart um, in in uh, running a technology of LiveJournal that he'd invented, and then he's gone to Google since, um, but has kept hacking on you know a lot of interesting things like OpenID and um, some of the, the open social stuff, and so he landed on um, PubSub Hubbub uh, with Brett Slatkin a couple of months ago, and I thought um, you know not. <laughs> Not to be kind of too, you know, cynical about it, but like when uh, Dave and Brad are working on the same thing, it tends to win. 
like it doesn't really matter what the specifics of the technology are, um, but just kind of putting on my like industry hat, I thought that's interesting. And then I thought I'd dive into it, and it turns out these pieces are really, really mature and really ready to, to kind of start being actively built on. Uh, and so that's where, um, and I, I, sh I should say mature for developers, not mature for you know end users to, to walk up to. And so I wrote a post called The Push Button Web, and it was really about saying, I think there's a there's a um, inflection point we're at where any of us that are normal hackers, normal developers, will be able to take these pieces um, that are out there and add in, you know, call it Twitter style or, you know, Facebook style real-time messaging uh, and real-time status updates and add that either into existing applications or build new applications around that capability. And so I wanted to kind of explain it in a way that I think a lot of my friends are at this place where they're technical, they're developers, they've heard the, the terms pub, sub, hub, bub, they've heard RSS cloud, um, you know, maybe they've heard webhooks, and they haven't really thought, well, one, I haven't had time to read the spec, two, how do the pieces fit together, and three, what does it mean even if they do fit together? And so what I want to do is give a kind of overview that was a, a little less technical and, and hopefully gets people excited about it. Cool, and that's over at dashes.com. Yep. And uh, you've written a couple of things since then, but shouldn't be too hard to find. Maybe I think actually, if you up. if you Google push button web, it's like the first result, so it's it's not too hard to find. Out. I bet it is. <laughs> I bet it is. So what do you think, Dave? How do you enter into this discussion? How what? How do I enter? Is that what you said? Yeah, yeah. How do I enter into? Um, well, I. Um, I guess I have a different point of view. Um, uh, my interest is well, I love Twitter, and uh, and I want to, and I love the web, and I think the two belong together. Um, and so the puzzle is, you know, if Twitter were if Twitter were to be free of the company, in other words, if it's if it's controlled by one company. And so we've all sort of decided to not pay too much attention to that for a while and just use it and learn from it and love it and all the rest of that. And, uh, but it's becoming harder and harder all the time to ignore the fact that a company owns it. Um, you know, one of the most important, to me at least, or to a lot of other users, you know, way of measuring authority on Twitter is follower count. And I think that's largely become meaningless uh, since the suggested user list. Um, and it just shows you how much power that one company has, and I think uh, they're going to be exercising that power a lot more as time goes by. And uh, you know, there's no sense here. Uh, this came up a lot. We had a meetup here in New York yesterday, um, and this came up a lot. It was like there's no interest in replacing Twitter or beating or killing or any of those sort of things that people in the tech industry like to think about. I don't think about those things. I plan to continue using Twitter, but I want to play in the role that Twitter.com plays. I want to have, I want to try being on their side of the equation, not at the same scale that they are, and not in any sense exclusively. Uh, I also want to learn from other people who put themselves into that position. I want to have a Twitter community, Twitter-like community, um, you know, for Scripting.com for my blog, um, and. Uh, I want to be able to play with the design of all elements in it. And uh, I call this the loosely coupled 140-character message network. 
was kind of a long, we probably have to shorten that. But, uh, um, and so I sort of saw a lot of things coming together that, you know, sort of, I mean, I felt that at some point this would open up, that people, you know, it's not just enough for one person to say, okay, I think this needs to be an open system. It sort of has to be time for, for everybody, you know, sort of like in things like this, you have company plays an important positive role in providing a, a training wheels type environment for these things and eventually the users or some of them do grow up and uh, want to be you know adults too and uh, and responsible for themselves and have upside in every area that you know you can imagine um, and my feeling is that now may be that time uh, so it's worth dusting off yeah so the, then the question is how would you join these things together how would you take you know how would you create something that has a lot of the feel of a Twitter, uh, yet all the advantages of being open. And looked around and saw this. You know, we had a good, real foundation for doing that in the RSS 2.0 spec and the cloud element and the protocol that it defines. And it has actually been deployed before. Uh, in 2002, we had it deployed for uh, uh, for the radio user land users. So when you published a feed, it went through a cloud and if another radio user was subscribed to it and was able to participate, uh, they received notice when it updated and got the update, you know, virtually instantaneously. Uh, when other companies came along, they didn't notice that element there. So radio and user land basically was only implementer of it. Now I think it'll so, be a little bit more broadly useful. Yeah. So what kind of reaction are you guys seeing from the developer community in this? in this last week, week and a half since you've really been talking about this so much? Well, we had a meeting. There were, I guess, about 30 people there. And uh, it was on a rooftop in uh, uh, midtown Manhattan. And uh, um, they were very intelligent. They came from a broad cross-section of, as you would expect in New York, there were a lot of media people here um, and a lot of programmers, people from startups and people from some larger companies. Anil was there yesterday and made a great contribution, I thought. And uh, I don't think the proof is in the pudding. <laughs> Let's see when. Yeah, I mean, I think once stuff starts to ship, we'll be able to really yeah. judge how the, how the meetup went. But um, what, there, there was definitely a sense of people in the room excited. Like you had the um, people were leaning forward, not leaning back, yeah. and they were talking to each other, not looking at their devices. Yeah. Um, yeah and those, I don't like to set the expectations too high. I like to set it lower. So, yeah. But he's right. Adam was absolutely right. The people were, I like that, leaning forward. Everybody was paying, I think, very close attention. And there were a lot of really good ideas that came out of it, too. Cool. So just out of curiosity, why uh, why use RSS Cloud instead of PubSub, Hubbub, or uh, Laconica, Identica, and that, that stuff? Well, We'll start with Laconica first. I mean, Laconica is a is a product and um, open source, of course, but it will support RSS Cloud for sure. Um, for me, Laconica is not at this point the right tool for the application that I have. Um, and that's not to say in the future it might not be. I'm the kind of guy who likes to build with my own software anyway. You know, it's like if I had a choice between using an off-the-shelf web server and creating my own. Uh, probably would create my own. I have created my own, you know. Um, <laughs> so that's sort of the way I look at it. Um, PubSub, Hub, Bub, 
Did I get that right? You got it Sorry. that time. That was good. But, yeah, I blew it a few times last night. Um, well, it's deliberately a tongue twister, so it's not your fault. <laughs> well, they met that. Um, I, I absolutely did take a look at it, and my first you know, look over it, I was thinking that I would provide a second implementation of it. Uh, it's, it's very, very Adam-centric. Um, which is something that didn't sit very well with me because I'm the opposite. I'm very RSS centric myself, and um, and so my thought was at first um, that I will uh, do for that protocol. I'll do the RSS version of it for them, and I may still do that. I absolutely don't, you know, preclude doing that. Um, but while I was looking at it. That I need to go back and take another look at RSS Cloud and see how these things relate and how they compare. And one thing led to another, and I just basically said, well, I need to re-implement this, too. I need to really, really understand this stuff. And one thing led to another, and I had a full implementation. So uh, that's that's how it happened. I mean, it's not like you need to ask. I don't think I should have to be answering that question anyway, because RSS 2.0 existed in uh, you know 2002, the cloud element came out in 2001, a year before that. So I think there's uh -huh. no question that it came first. <laughs> yeah, so, no, I did uh, see I did yeah. see on the Hubbub list that they added RSS consumption support for for bringing RSS in. They did. Uh, yeah, they yeah. Have? Oh, yeah. awesome. So so I think that's that part's already done. Yeah, so I mean, I, I think it's one of those things where it's just going to be a case of there's different focuses at different levels of these yeah. these systems, and and like it'll shake out once we get some real apps built around them. People will say, well, this has the feature that I need. As long as it's open and not exclusive, you know, as long as anybody can operate it and it's simple enough, it pretty much doesn't matter what the actual language is. Yeah. The key is that anybody has to be able to implement it. And the big companies tend to create things. I'm not saying anything at all about this, but they tend to create things that sort of exclude, you know, the smaller developer and... They don't, you know, they sort of don't understand. Well, why would you want to re-implement this? Why would you want to do this? Why not just use ours? Well, there are all there are very good reasons why we want to do our own, because then we can be sure that we're not like owned by them. So yeah, and I think there's also that part of like the big companies want to extend something simple to cover a million other scenarios it wasn't designed for, right. and that's where a lot of that complexity but comes. But to, to their credit, the Google guys, Brad Fitzpatrick and, and his colleagues, have the opposite religion. And from what I can tell. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm just from my work with Brad and even seeing what he did with OpenID, where he was like, if we do it, he's like, if we solve all of identity, we're never going to get this thing deployed. So what are we going to argue about? We should argue about something. So, so uh, here's I, the question I, I actually had. I had I, it started to jump in, but um, <laughs> Dave, you're talking like about... Woodstock here, you know, kumbaya, we all love each other, right? <laughs> no, 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 you were talking about, you were talking about um, what, what you want to do in terms of, like, run your own Twitter kind of app for yourself. Here's a question. Is one of the reasons you're working on this to give so, – so I'm assuming there's people at Twitter with good intent because I know some of those guys and they're good guys. And, they are good guys. Yeah and, so right, yeah, and so right now they're they're going through the like who has access to the fire hose, the, the, the stream of yeah. all content on the service. Yeah, and yeah. and I would guess I, – I have no knowledge of this. My, my experience says – there's a couple guys saying, let's just open it up because people will think of cool things to do with it. And there's a couple guys saying, we can't do that because maybe this is our business model or, you know, we, we're getting, you know, a little bit of pressure to make sure that this is something that is tightly controlled and we can use it for relationships. And and so those kinds of debates, you know, guys sit around a table and make good points and they choose one way or the other. 
is one of your agenda items for RSS Cloud to give them to give the people on the side of the open fire hose a stronger argument? No, absolutely. I mean, it doesn't. I would think it would be great if it had that effect, but uh, okay. there's no no such political sophistication to this. I mean, <laughs> it's, that would be very crafty, and you know, and 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 I think would be insincere. No, I very much take this at face value. It's a, mm-hmm. it's what I said. I mean, you know, it's you know, just like no, I don't want to, I don't. I don't even really want to compete with Twitter. I mean, however, if it has, it, it should. If there were to be an uh, open uh, Twitter growing alongside the corporate Twitter, there's no doubt that it would have influence on the corporate Twitter. I mean, it, they would have. It would have to. I mean, you know, have, you know, we've been in the software business long enough, right? You know, when you have a competitor, you that's who people listen to the best, right? I yeah. Mean, you know, we like to say we listen to the users, but yeah, we try to. But really, yeah, we listen to the users that go to our competitors, <laughs> or might be going to the competitors. Right. Um, competition is very, very good for products. So, yeah, I mean, there's no doubt. If you ask that question, do I think that the existence of these things would that be good for Twitter users? Yes. Do I think it would be good for Twitter developers? Absolutely, yes. Um, do I think it would be good for Twitter Corporation? Depends on how they react to it. So Marshall, you had a question? Uh, yeah, so I, I'm curious about what the use cases are likely to, to look like here. You know, I mean, the, the nitty-gritty is, is uh, interesting, yeah. and I'm sure yeah. we'll get back to it. But, yeah. but uh, for, for especially for non-developers or for developers who aren't uh, picturing themselves you know, going out and working on an implementation, what what kinds of things can the rest of us uh, imagine possibly happening? Uh, you, can I take that? Sorry. Please. Okay. Um, well, you know, this is only one scenario, and a lot of times, you know, these things turn out to be wrong. But uh, with that caveat, what, what I think is likely to happen first is where it's likely to happen is in the clients. Uh, with TweetDeck, you know, Tweety, um, Seismic, those kind of programs, and I think the first step for those, the they, first thing they could do, would be to offer backups of the user's tweet stream, uh, first to the local hard drives and uh, to a server so that they're publicly accessible, uh, and then you know put that out in RSS and don't even think about clouds. It has nothing to do with clouds. All you're doing is backing up the user's data. Um, then the next step after that is give the user the ability to subscribe to one of those feeds and have it appear in the flow just as if it were a Twitter user. Uh, the next step after that would be to integrate with the cloud so that the updates happen in real time. Uh, the advantages that you get are, um, well, the, the feeds can have enclosures, the items can have enclosures. So instead of having you know the URLs take up space in 140 characters, um, the you know the images or the the audio or movies um, are you know invisible, handled as metadata, and can be presented you know in a more sort of graphic way. You know, have a little thumbnail of the graphic or of the you know image of the picture. Um, you can have a little image of a you know a, you can have a little you know, audio player in the app or 
old movie player or whatever. Or even those um, uh, those photocasts they have in iTunes, right? Uh, yeah. That's uh, or I mean, there are even some clients that already do this. Some Twitter yeah, clients yeah. that already do it, but they do it by you know reading the URL that's uh, that's in the tweet. I'm saying here that the URLs are where they belong as metadata right. um, off on the side, um, and that means you know faster. It's faster. You know, you watch a novice user, you watch yourself. You know, read a you know a, a tweet and then click on a link and wait for the picture to load and then look at it and then hit the back button or close the tab or whatever. It's a lot of steps, and software can do a lot of that for you. Um, also, the, uh, the hashtags, um, categorization, I think that would be handled more neatly by putting metadata on the tweet itself, again, not taking up the space. Uh, and then uh, the other advantage of all of this is that people get to operate their own Twitters. I mean, and you find uh, whole audiences that have been sh completely shut out of, cre of their creativity. Like the design community was hugely important in the bootstrap of blogging. Um, yep. You know, they, the creativity and people. You know, we got a lot of you know grief about the look of our sites at Userland. Uh, you know, and, and 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 rightfully so, actually. You know, uh, the designers have a lot to do, and then so far all they've been able to do in this space is design the uh, you know do the the uh, the GIF or JPEG that goes on your wallpaper. I mean, it's very primitive stuff. Uh, so who knows what can be done? I mean, there's whole channels of innovation that really have not even been tried out yet. So yeah, this I is think really interesting to me, Dave. Right after the the meetup you had yesterday, um, I went to uh, an event that uh, Nick Denton was throwing for Gawker, uh -huh. and uh, a, a bunch of those folks. You know, there, there's technical people there. They're certainly all publishers, and um, and a couple of folks were like, I, I read your push button thing. I kind of don't get it, which you know was my fault for not writing it clearly enough. What was interesting to me was I was trying to find the kind of the one sentence way of describing it. I said, well, what if you could just have your own Twitter for your blog because you've got these huge communities. In the case of Gawker and their blogs or the other publishers that are there, you know, these folks are all saying, well, we have a million people that read our site. Why would we go to somebody else? Um, and I think that's a really it was really interesting where they were saying, well, yeah, of course, we've always had our own tool for our blog. We've always had our own platform for all that stuff. Why wouldn't we for this as well? And it was well, tell them no, about what came up at the meetup yesterday with uh, about uh, Ashton Kutcher. That yeah. was really interesting. You know? Yeah, I mean, I, he's he's one of those guys where you look at what he's. I think it was his last CNN interview, and I'm, I'm probably remembering it wrong. But what he had said really clearly was. Um, I've created a lot of value for Twitter. And I think it's been reciprocal. They've gotten a ton of value and free marketing from him. He's gotten a ton of value and free, you know, distribution from them. Uh and, and so, you know, it's it's been a, a a relatively fair exchange, but at some point it's gonna not be a fair exchange anymore. Uh and, and I think um if you look at, you know, if it's Ashton Kutcher or anybody, if it's, you know, P. Diddy, whoever is a, a huge star on Twitter, at some point these Guys have all seen the power of controlling their their careers, really, and their messages overall. So, you know, Diddy has his own record label, and Ashton Kutcher has his own production company, right? Uh -huh. And 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 he's going to say, oh, well, for online, I got to have my own network there. Um, and and I think that's a, an inevitable part of the maturation of of any of these kinds of spaces. I absolutely agree. I was surprised that this is happening so soon, though. Um, but uh, you know, like for you know, if you're a, a studio, why would you want to send your stars over to some other company's network? 
you know. I mean, you might do it temporarily, but in the background you're thinking, how can I get myself one of these systems so that I can suck other people's stars out over and make money for me over here, you know. Um, They all want control, and they all feel unloved, underloved. You know, that's part of my motivation here is that I don't feel well-loved by Twitter, I mean, you know, or appreciated or compensated uh, for what I do. You know, I mean, (laughs) I was at one point in the top ten, you know, on Twitter in terms of number of followers. I'm now way down in the dust, and that was done by the company. The company did that, you know. So that kind of resentment is showing up in certain places. And, you know, I, I think I said this last night is that, you know, you think our egos are big here in the tech world. Those guys are professional egos. Yeah. I mean, that, that's what they're selling, <laughs> their ego. So it's not a negative for them. It's, it's what they are, you know. Yep, no, that's absolutely true. And I, actually, Marshall, I, I have a an answer to your, you know, kind of what's the killer app question, which is almost 180 degrees away from that. I, I think actually what, what Dave's described is very, um, it's very straightforward to understand. It's like we know what Twitter is, and we know we can imagine what it looks like when we have our own. Um, and I, I'm kind of like, you know, and I might well be wrong, but I'm almost at the other end of things where I'm thinking, if we abstract this as a generic mechanism for delivering these feeds in real time, what else can we do with it? And when I hear the idea killer app, I, you know, my thought is always spreadsheet. And so I'm thinking, you know, um, maybe something like uh, uh, Dan Bricklin's uh, WikiCalc or SocialCalc, you know, it's this app you can run yourself, and you've got a little web-based spreadsheet. Um, but if every cell had an RSS feed, and you know. On the other side, I could subscribe to one of your cells to update my spreadsheet. Then that seems really interesting, right? Like a, a real-time data updates in a spreadsheet. You know, the stock traders here in Manhattan have them in Excel, but they pay, you know, a million dollars a year per person to have that feature. Um, and and I was thinking about like if I had a Google Doc, and I could say, you know, a formula in one cell, and in another cell I say this RSS feed is the source. Um, and, it's amazing and that, how quickly this is happening. I had the same conversation at lunch today. With, I was meeting with some investment bankers, and that, that's, oh, that's the great. question they were asking. What yeah, about and, I, and, and I mean, I think that's the thing of, you know, I, I'm trying to figure out how to, how to show more people this is what the potential is. And, and I almost feel like the the Twitter example is the, the familiar one, so it feels inevitable. Like, so you're going to make it, Dave, and I think, you know, whatever, a handful of other people are going to try and make it too, and some of these will be successful. And so that one is kind of like already on its way. And and I'm thinking, what's the thing that somebody that doesn't know any of these pieces is going to get? I'll tell you something, though. You'd be surprised. A lot of these guys are thinking exactly in terms of Twitter. Mm. When they hear about Twitter, that's what they think. They're already making – they've made that connection. You know, it's, don't forget Twitter has been all over every major yeah. media. You know, yeah, for a year. flooded out there. So they've been listening, and they've been scratching their heads and saying, you know, this sounds a lot like the real-time software we've got – in the financial world, the trading floor software that yeah, they've got. Yeah. You know, the, uh, I mean, Bloomberg, <laughs> it's kind yeah. of like this. Yeah, and, but, you know, and people were paying $100,000 a head for, and you so know, there you go. For that and that's and it. It's it. like the commoditization of a whole other layer of technology. Yeah, and, and I that, think this, yeah, sorry, go ahead. That's what we keep doing. That's what, the, that's what technology keeps doing. It keeps taking these specialized applications and turning them into mass market things. Yeah, and I think there's also been a revelation when we had the meetup last night of like, this isn't 
necessarily real time as as you know the computer science right. definition of real time. This is real ish right. time, and right. it turns out if you loosen the, the 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 requirements to one or two seconds for delivery instead of you know sub microsecond times, um, it's way 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 less expensive, but it gives you just about the same benefit. Yep, you can use the internet, whereas if you need that more the greater precision, you can't use the internet. Right. And by definition, everything we're doing here is using the Internet. I won't use anything other than that. You know, I'm yeah, a commercial developer. Well, yeah, I know. I mean, I'm a, I like mass market stuff. And yeah. So I'll always be where, you know, pretty much where everybody else is. I try to be where everybody else is, a little bit ahead of it, hopefully. Yeah, but I just think of that thing, if I'm in my spreadsheet and I'm, you know, I've got my lemonade stand and I want the latest sugar prices and I don't want to hit right. F9 to refresh it, and instead, right. you know, Domino's sugar is just, Updating my spreadsheet with a with a ping every time, you know, there's a new price. Then my lemonade stand is you know real time all of a sudden. Because you've got right. a cell in your spreadsheet that's populated by a, a push button element. Exactly. Uh, on the back, yeah, that's that's pretty hot stuff. Well, yeah, I think it's the kind of thing I can see it. I can totally picture in three months and six months being in a conference and seeing you know somebody put this up on the screen and say, watch this spreadsheet change in real time. You know, somebody was telling me that a lot of people, and I don't do this, but a lot of people use Twitter only through search. They set up a few search queries, and that's what they watch refresh. Yeah, I mean, I use that extensively for you know for the day job of like if, if somebody mentions uh, type pad or movable type or six apart um, or my name or you know like Mina Trot or whatever, like any of the the brands associated with our company, those all I have a couple saved searches that come in. Um, how would that? How might that connect up with your spreadsheet? Well, I think there's a couple things. One is, you know, we have a community manager on our team, Geneva, who's fantastic, and her thing, you know, one of her her business metrics for her job is how many people are talking about us and retweeting what we do, right? Like amplifying our message. And so I can easily see just the count, the simple count of, you know, at replies and retweets per day, populating a spreadsheet, um, being a useful dashboard element, you know, a useful, dis, you know, just display to have. But be, beyond that, I can see it being um, when I poll 20 people, you know, I said, you know, what's the best chair to get for my, my home office? And, you know, some people say an Aeron chair and some people say go to Crate and Barrel and whatever. But if I could pull that into a spreadsheet, I could really easily just do a kind of sort count and say, here's what the, the you know, the, the survey results were. Well, what about something that happens on Twitter uh, frequently enough so that you could do a search. I, I'm thinking very hypothetically that you could do a search query on it that you might want to buy or sell stock based on. Mm. Now, now you're That's starting totally, to get, yeah. See, you're starting to get to system. I, I don't have an answer for it. Um, you know, you're starting to get into systems that might actually be making money just by their, you know, existing. Yeah, on the, on the float of the information. I mean, we we saw this when we used to on LiveJournal. There were researchers that were taking the – there's a there's a real-time fire hose from LiveJournal uh, and TypePad and all this stuff, and anybody can go and hack on it. And so when it had first come out, some researchers had taken just the LiveJournal data because it has um, a mood field in its feed that where people set their mood. Um, and we're trending the mood of the community overall, and they had the mood for I, I think it was 6 million people then um, in real time basically. And they were saying before major world events, the mood of the entire community would change, but it would predict those events. So it was before they were happening. And it was one of those things of like, you know, groups of people can kind of sense what is going on even before they can articulate it. 
Uh, dump your stocks because the live <laughs> users are feeling shitty. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, in their particular case, I think shitty might be the default for some of them. But the, <laughs> you know, the the mood swings hey, Marshall, at least. Marshall, moderate, man. What else should we talk about? Like, we've talked. Oh, a lot I'm about I'm loving this. Uh, you know, you? when the conversation. Okay. Yo, I sure am. When the conversation goes beyond Twitter. Um, and you know, talking about yeah. other dynamic data feeds and yeah. and analysis of them. I mean, that's that's awesome. Twitter has such crazy power to take over all of our conversations. That yeah, no, that, can... that is pretty much. If you listen to the archive of the show, it's about ninety percent Twitter. That's so, funny. Oh, yeah. Anytime I don't... we can talk, well, what about Crunchpad? Crunchpad seems to have gotten a pretty uh, kick in the pants today. Did you see that? Yeah, pictures of the the tablet, right? Well, and specs, 400 bucks, uh, right. one serial port, no local storage, uh, shipping in November, which probably means February, if, if that. I mean, you know, my, I, my first reaction would be, well, tell me why I don't want to buy an EEE PC, because it has a keyboard and, you know, 160 gigabyte hard drive and uh, three, serial, three USB ports. I might be superficial, but I was kind of offended by the headline. It was something like first tablet PC or something. And, and, that's you know, strange to me, too. And it's like we have the first, uh, like we have a first one every 10 years, right? Like 10 years you had the, the tablet PCs from Microsoft. And I remember I blogged about them, like this is going to be huge because <laughs> I'm an imbecile. And then 10 years before that you had the, the grid and, and the go, you know, uh, the, the, the first take on it. Um, and I'm sure, so you know, and then you go all the way back to Dynabook. Let's have another yeah. first one. Yeah. I mean, I think when you go to like if you go to Dynabook, you can say first, right? But but anything since then, you can just say latest. Yeah. If that, I mean, I don't know. Well, yeah. I'm I'm still pretty intrigued by it. I mean, I get once it keeps bumping up higher and higher in price, it's going to be less and less easy for me to you know just plunk down the dough for one or two or three or whatever. But um, I, I watch all my movies already on a laptop and give me yeah, a, yeah. a nice big touch screen just web surfing device and uh, and all of a sudden I'm even happier than I am when I'm checking my email on my iPhone. Yeah, I mean my wife and I do that in terms of like watch the you know movie on the laptop kind of thing um and you know or we've been on the plane and you know, you got the laptop open and you do something and I certainly have the like like uh reading Twitter on my i my iPod touch is better than doing it on the desktop. Like it's it's just it's a more satisfying experience. It's a better reading experience. So I can see there's experiences that work better there. I don't know, and, and I, I should probably read up more on the Crunchpad. I don't know that it has the exact right balance. Where, where people are saying no local storage, which of course isn't true. There's some there's some RAM yeah, on this device. Of course there is, obviously. Yeah, and but so no the question user, is, not for your stuff though. That was the that was the idea. In other well, words, but that's that's the question. It's like there's no on my iPod Touch. I don't really have user storage in terms of like a file system I can navigate. But I do store a ton of stuff on there. There's all these songs and all these, you know, whatever. Even a couple megs of tweets probably right. Um, and that's what I can't get. It's like is this is this thing going to have Google Gears and I'm going to be able to use Google Gears to stash a half a gig of stuff? In which case I don't care if it has a hard drive or not. And well, in that case, you actually do have local storage. It's just yep. accessible through a different user interface. Yep. Yeah, I don't think anybody really. We don't know. I mean, uh, presumably they know. Yeah. Yeah, somebody knows, but, but I, until until you hear that stuff, the kind of the rest of it doesn't matter. I mean, in, in terms of like, is it fun to touch a screen? Yes, we know that. Is it nice to have a pretty device? Yes, we know that. But like, that's not. Yeah. It's great, well, but Apple it's not new. Supposedly, it's going to be six or seven hundred bucks. So, 
you know, and you know the apples is going to have like the premium feel to it, right? I mean, yeah. yeah. I just bought one of the uh, new MacBook Pros, and uh, yeah, I got to say that the feel of this thing is absolutely. I mean, people were. I laughed when people said, you know, Unibody feels really great. And I go, yeah, that's exactly what I want from my computer, you know. <laughs> no, but, but the, tex- the texture makes a bad. difference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, but I like the way my Asus feels. And this is the first trip. This one is the first trip I've taken the, uh, you know, extensive trip. I took a short day trip uh, with the uh, MacBook uh, Pro. And I, I still think the Asus travels better uh, because of battery life, you know. Mm-hmm. Apple has a weird idea about what you need in terms of battery life. And in this time, with this product, it's even kind of crazier because uh, the battery doesn't, you can't take the battery out. So. Yeah, non-replaceable battery. Well, I wonder if the crunch pad has a replaceable battery. And, what, and they didn't say anything about the battery life on it either. No. Yeah, that would be great. Now, I'd, I'd tell you, though, I mean, for whatever its shortcomings might be and for whatever his shortcomings might be, uh, and I'm sure there's a long list, you know, in both those categories, as a as a sheer act of will, um, and a, I, I think it's it's pretty damn admirable. And I'm oh yeah, I mean it. it's it's yeah. impressive. I mean anybody that it's, ships anything, like I, I my rule is. Well, wait, like, wait a minute, wait a minute, it hasn't shipped yet, <laughs> right, <laughs> so don't right. give them credit for that yet. No, you're right. Well, does. if it does, if it does, yeah. my, my feeling is like we're all assholes, but um, the ones that ship are at least there's a redeeming quality to the fact that we're all assholes. You know, like that's I, the, I don't believe that anymore. I used to believe that. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm, I might grow. I'll be, I'm an agreeable <laughs> asshole today. <I'll> go. <laughs> yeah, that's a convenient. I would give him ten, ten points for sheer chutzpah. Yeah. Is, I mean, who builds a hardware sure. device? Only really crazy people in the most positive sense. You know, like yeah. they had that Apple ad. You know, here's to the crazy people. You know. Because they changed the world. I'm getting choked up now. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> you know, yeah. so clever. Well, I'm in New York, you know. I mean, I'm looking at the Empire State Building right now out of my window. Mm. I mean, what they used to call the Pan Am Building, which now is called the MetLife Building. And, and we still call it the Pan Am Building. Yeah, totally. And then there's the Chrysler Building right in front of me. I've got this incredible panoply. The U.N. is over... I can't see the UN, but mm. behind Yeah, me. well, I just moved to a new apartment, and my view from the living room is the, the Empire State and the Chrysler Building. Wow. And, and it's just, you never, you know, like you never get tired of it. You're coming up in the world. You're doing, the dashes are doing pretty good. Well, actually, it's funny. We're we're down, uh, we're in Stuyvesant Town, so we're not, it's not, you know, it's always been a kind of a middle, middle-class neighborhood. It's nice. It's no, almost, it's Jewish, right, Stuyvesant Town? Yeah, historically really? it has been. It's yeah. not so much anymore, but... Not um, so much anymore, yeah. Yeah, but, my uh, parents' neighborhood was, is turning uh, Korean now, so yeah, everything's mm-hmm. changing in New York now. I can well, that's the what we do here. bridge from my house. It's hmm. not bad, yeah. Marshall, what's next? Huh. Well... Um, so just to just to clarify here, uh, the push button web is not going to be uh, a Twitter for company. Well, so it, to my mind, it's I not just about making making Twitter clones. Twitter. It's about having the ability to get information in real time between apps and sites. Uh huh. Okay. Uh, another question I want to ask: Why not XMPP? Um. My two cents on it, and it's, let me cl- be clear, this is all secondhand because I'm not even good enough coder to play with XMPP myself. Um, 
what I saw first at a gut level was I saw Brad Fitzpatrick implement an entire XMPP server, Jabber server, uh, for LiveJournal. And he's, you know, he's a talented guy, and he put that together. And yet today, when he's working on real time, he's working on PubSub and you know, Adam and RSS feeds. Um, so just at a kind of 10,000-foot level, I'm like, okay, he didn't go back to this code that he had written himself and that was already done and open-sourced. <laughs> And, and trying to solve a similar problem space. So that to me tells me, okay, this is a little bit iffy. Um, second, I've seen um, just docs-wise, like you can't, you can't penetrate the XMPP spec. Like you don't even know where to start. Um, and it's not even a question of is the spec complicated to implement. It's, it's so vast, it's like, you know, you're so close to it, you can't see the entirety of it. Um, and then uh, real practical considerations. I always think in terms of like the kind of user that I am is going to use these apps, which is uh, I'm going to build something probably in PHP. I'm going to probably put it on shared hosting on a mom-and-pop hosting account that costs me 20 or 50 bucks a month. Maybe it's 10 maybe it's 100 but it's not outside of that range. Um, and there isn't even the option of getting a Jabber server on an environment like that. For no amount of money can you get, you know, get it to run there. And... Um, and then, of course, it's not HTTP. So, like, I know the HTTP verbs off the top of my head. I know exactly what to do in a couple of different languages if I want to set them and, and, you know, get the right response from them. I can debug it in my browser, right? Like, those are huge, huge things. If I've got Firebug and Firefox, I've got 80% of the IDE I need to actually work with the protocol in HTTP. And XMPP doesn't have any of that, right? So I think it's a great protocol. Like, I have no qualms with it. I, I use it every day in Google Talk. Like, you know, I'm, I, I'm glad it exists and I'm glad people use it. But for a normal developer, and by normal I mean like you're probably in PHP or Python, you're on a, you know, a, a, you know, a shared hosting account or a slice of a, a, a virtual box or something like that, or you're on localhost on your MacBook, um, XMPP is not even in the conversation. And in fact, I don't think any non-HTTP conversation, uh, protocols in the conversation. Makes sense. So we've got just a few minutes here left, like less than five, to be honest. Um, and, and Dave, I am curious if you've got any thoughts on that, but more important to me is, um, is there anything else hiding in RSS right now? We, we, uh... <laughs> yeah, there is, absolutely. You need to go look at the spec. That's one of the things I told everybody last night, is that there are quite a few elements to RSS that are not being used. Some of them, I'm not sure that they really should be, like skip days and skip hours. Um, I haven't really missed those too much, even though they're still there. I also don't believe in deprecating. I don't understand deprecating. Uh, programmers like to say, like that word, and they seem to feel it's their job to tell people not to use things. So if anybody finds a use for those things, they should. But there's the source element. It's a very good one. I, I think it will, it will have a role um, in this stuff. And uh, TTL, time to live. That was something that we put in um, when we were working with Morpheus, uh, which was a P2P protocol, and mm -hmm. they assured me that they could build a complete P2P network if we just added that one thing. And the you know, <laughs> protocol was—it was very fluid at the time, so I, I was said, "Fine, let's put it in." You know, I mean, that was also my attitude was is that if it—I didn't feel that new elements, if they were things that weren't in your way, that that they really did anything harm by being there, as long as it was clear what they were there, what they do, you know. So I put, I put it in, and it's, I think that will probably come up here as well. So 
Time to um, live, yeah, that sounds like fun. I'd... The sec is not that long, Marshall, so it's people really ought to go. I mean, I think if if you're a responsible technologist, every once in a while you ought to sort of go back and look over your tools and read the manuals again. This is really just generally good advice. You know, read your language uh-huh. manual every so often because there were things that you missed. I guarantee there were things that you missed the first three or four or 20 times you went through there. And you'll find some, you know, something in there that will fit into your bag of tricks and uh, make your life easier and make your users happier, all the rest of it. So, yeah, there are some things in there worth looking for. I would and say, I, agree with everything, I agree with everything that Anil said about XMPP. I would say there's, um, there's a lot in the Twitter API that's like that, too. Uh, yeah. I, I look at um, user agent and 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 um, and tweets where it says you know posted via this application with the URL, and it seems to me like that's that's really interesting. And then of course HTTP itself, like we have a whole bunch of stuff we haven't even really did, I think dived we into. We need to wrap it up now, guys. Cool. Yep. Well, th- thanks a bunch, Neil, for joining us. I'm really glad that you came on. I hope you'll come back yeah. again. This is yeah, this is a blast. Yeah. yeah. Right on, guys. Uh, See you again next week. Thank you both. Okay, bye-bye. Thank you. Take care. Bye.